Lost Arrow podcast. Uh, as usual, featuring me, your host, Arlen Haro, and my co-host, Eric Sayor. When I had the bit last time, you didn't send it to me at the moment, and now I don't. So I'm sorry. I don't have any jokes. Uh, <laughs> it's one of those weeks. It's just, that's just how it's going to be. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, hey. Uh, we're, we're talking about, uh, stuff that we've been watching, stuff that we've been, you know, I don't know if you have anything that you're reading or something, but I, I don't, but if you did, I would be open to that as well. Um, so yeah, uh, that's, it's one of those casual episodes where we don't really have a thing or a theme, um, which are usually fun. So, uh, we we do have one movie we've both watched recently. Mm Uh, and I feel like most people I know have watched it recently. Uh, Netflix, yeah. The Old Guard, mm-hmm. um, a movie that I thought for sure was a TV show from reading descriptions like months <laughs> ago. <laughs> but yeah, it's a it's it's pretty good. Uh, if you you haven't heard about it at all, it's like a adaptation from a comic book. A modern action movie starring Charlize Theron with with um, basically immortal warriors. They like mm-hmm. every time they die, they get reborn, and they've been alive for like what goes from like uh, hundreds of years to thousands of years. Uh, yep. And uh, a new one is born. So a new a new a, a new one dies, and they all know that she died. And they're trying, mm-hmm. it, and they recruit her basically at the same time that they've been fi- found out by like uh, uh, pharma exec. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just like Martin Shkreli, <laughs> <laughs> who was played by somebody who was also a lot like Martin Shkreli. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, um, it's a very, it's a, it's a very fun movie. Uh, that's the first thing I have to say. I know original thought, but like. Mm-hmm. It was a good time. Um, I was happy that Netflix put this out at this moment. It felt like yeah. the right time for it. Um, yeah, this a lot of this felt like it was, and I've, I've said this many times recently, it felt like this one was engineered for me um, in many ways. <laughs> uh, Charlize Theron in the lead. The movie's premise is similar-ish to the Highlander movies, um, which are movies that I unapologetically love, even though they're incredibly stupid. Um, and yeah, just a lot of things. The fact that they call out the Scythians, that was a very deep cut history thing. I was like, well, the Scythians, uh, that's, that's crazy. People even said that word in a movie. Um, so yeah, like lots of just stuff happened. And then the action is very, I would say it's very well handled. Um, and, uh, I, I appreciate that. So yeah, for me, the thing that it did for me really was the characters. Um, the yeah. every uh, everyone, the the five uh, five immortals. Uh, they're yeah. all uh, one. They're all uh, portrayed by incredibly hot actors. Yeah, uh, just like uh, ridiculously hot. Like it's it's mm-hmm. it's weird. It's it's uh, it is good. It's nice to look at, right? It's it's a Right. It feels like watching a good action blockbuster, which we haven't had this year at all, basically. Um, mm-hmm. Something that would have come out in the middle of July and would have 
probably bombed a bit at the box office, but since <laughs> we're all at home, we're, we're all, it's on Netflix, it felt right. perfect. Uh, yeah, it, it felt like the same vibe that I get from going to the theater late at night, catching a movie, like the last showing, coming home late at night, like all of that stuff. I, yeah. I felt that experience. <laughs> um watching this movie um which is something that i i rather enjoyed because i i've been missing that and that's something that i always look forward to with the summertime is being able to go to these movies like much later at night and not feel weird about it um and uh yeah that was that was fun um yeah and uh, yeah and all these characters are interesting and when like the least interesting of them is still like pretty capable um and i would say that's the it's the french dude <laughs> who was who marched with napoleon um i think he's like maybe the most generic of all of them he's still like pretty all right yeah he's, he he's still has right. something like he still has his uh his arc is pretty interesting and mm-hmm. the, the ending weighs heavy on him like the post the, the epilogue um but great performance from uh Tiki Lane, especially the mm-hmm. who plays like the newcomer, the 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 U.S. Army vet, U.S. Army soldier that just like just got on his her first tour, uh, got stabbed and died, and uh, is reborn and trying to understand what's going on. Uh, and like you said before, the action very good, very well shot, very intense. Uh, the first time someone just draws a sword, it's. <laughs> I was like, oh, hell yeah, this is the kind of movie I wanted. <laughs> yeah, I mean, not to write it again, like, I was like, this is the movie Highlander should have been in many places. Like, people are pulling out old-ass weapons, and they're using them the way that you would hope people would use them, which is correctly with, with proper form, <laughs> but, like, at a much higher level than any human being should be able to because they're just so proficient. that they're just They've just been around so long that the axe is basically a part of their body um or whatever weapon they yeah. use um it's so it's so cool <laughs> um Shirley's Theron uh, uh <laughs> I just make noises when I think of her <laughs> in this movie um yeah like it, it's very good and when I try to think of problems I have with it the one that I keep coming back to which is I'm just gonna say that I stole this because it's from the one podcast I tried to listen to about this which I turned off almost immediately <laughs> because I was like, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear other people's complaints about this movie. Um, but one of the things that they said is the dialogue was bad. Um, and I kind of, I can kind of see that. Um, I don't need any other, any other thoughts about this movie that are negative. Um, none of them, because I, I just enjoyed it so much. And that, that does come up a couple times, but I, I feel like, again, you brought it up with the cast. They are so charismatic and so charming for the most part that I don't notice the, that the dialogue is bad. He, here's um, the thing with the dialogue in this movie is that it's it's just average compared to mm-hmm. most blockbusters. But the difference is instead of watching it in a theater where people are kind of laughing laughing at jokes sometimes, mm-hmm. and you get like you laugh with them because you're with the crowd, you're by yourself hearing a weird creep that just like <laughs> if, if you don't laugh it's just complete silence so it just feels awkward mm-hmm. that's the problem with that that kind of movie uh watching at home i have like the same problem when i watch a lot of like rewatch a lot of marvel movies 
they're just right. not as enjoyable at home dialogue-wise because it's a lot of jokes and either you remember the joke and it's not as good or it's like just an okay joke and you just don't laugh and it just feels weird mm-hmm. uh, but they're, yeah. they're like yeah, heavy they're like some very funny moments in those movies but uh, just right. in general um, and I feel like this movie suffers by not the, the, uh, by being made in that style being written in that style but um, playing at home Right. And, and and the stuff that holds up the best in those Marvel movies, it's the stuff that's very, very character dependent. Um, and that yeah. works better with characters that you know. Occasionally you get a line like, I don't care from T'Challa, and that becomes like a defining line of that character for years to come. Um, but for the most part, like it's it's stuff like the way Sam and Bucky interacts. We don't have that with these characters. These are new characters that we're just meeting. Um so the only person we can really kind of react that way to is Charlize, because I think that when you watch this, you're just like, oh, well, that's just Charlize Theron. This is basically her life. She's She is an immortal goddess, as we all know. Um, uh, she's been around for thousands of years, and uh, yeah, that's just a documentary, really. That part of it. Um, <laughs> but but I um, feel like uh, even if like the individual lines feel like kind of weird sometimes i the the dialogue does a lot to make you understand these characters and i feel like by the end i got i even like with quick introductions that first Mm -hmm. scene where the charlie's meets the three of them for the first time you almost immediately get their dynamic you almost immediately get these characters and uh my my two favorite characters in the movie are the two um are uh I, I don't remember their name, but they're played by uh, Luca Marinelli and uh, mm-hmm. Maron Kenzari, who uh, Maron Kenzari, right. who I had only seen as Jafar before this, and uh, <laughs> as Hot Jafar. Um, oh right, yeah, yeah. Um, playing uh, uh, a Crusader Knight and a I don't know what term that they use, but yeah, uh, uh, Ottoman, a Turk, basically a, a Turkish descent. Mm-hmm. Uh, warriors that were killing each other for like hundreds of years before realizing they were in love and just have been lovers for like a thousand years and they're incredible together and i I think like all the moments these two characters have together they all really work for me Mm -hmm. Um, uh, that scene in the van i've spoken about the movie with some friends some friends found it too cheesy but for me it's like I, I just it, it just worked, you know. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um My biggest complaint with the movie is the soundtrack. Uh which I feel like uh yeah. it, it's all modern uh pop songs, but I feel like it's never the right song. <laughs> like I feel like you can right. make it sometimes it works. Like a couple of times I, I felt like okay, uh, this song is good, it fits the moment, mm-hmm. but it felt like uh uh a Netflix exec deciding that this is a movie for teens, yeah. so you have mm-hmm. to put like pop songs in the soundtrack, it has to be like real music, it can be a score. Um right. I, I don't know how much of that is uh is that decision and how much of it is uh, Gina Prince by Twood, the director, mm-hmm. um, who I feel like I I've, I've, I don't I haven't watched her movies, but I I feel like some of them are known for their like uh, um, 
soundtracks made of uh, contemporary artists. So, so right. I, I I don't know how much of that is that or, or that, but uh, I felt like sometimes mm-hmm. the score would have played better, um, and it would have worked better if it was just like a couple of songs at specific moments. Right, and yeah, there's a lot there. I think the way Netflix handles music is very. Um, depending on the project, they will sometimes just not care about it. Like they'll, it seems to me at least that they'll sort of cheap out on music, honestly. Um, and sometimes they'll go, they'll do a lot to make sure that the music is right, depending on who is in charge or who they're working with. Uh, Stranger Things comes to mind. But for the most part, I feel like they kind of ignore the music. And that's just a general problem I've had with Netflix for a while now. Um, like for me, I, I do I think the soundtrack thing is a big thing because I would have liked the soundtrack to change depending on what character we were focusing on. Um, you know, it's one of the things that I think is really interesting in movies like this where it's something that can help you latch on to what you're seeing. Um, having that sort of modern music be for our modern character would make a lot of sense. Um, <laughs> having, like, very basic stripped down music for Charlize Charlize's character would also make a lot of sense and so on and so forth you can you know um craft that to the characters uh something uh very like old choir like for uh the two characters who for those two characters that you were talking about just a few minutes ago um and so on and yeah and that would be interesting but this feels it felt kind of lazy to me in yeah. a lot of the scenes. I think um when the when the new character is going to that building, that song worked thematically because of what they were doing. Um but at the same time it did feel kind of lazy. It was like yeah. oh if you if you don't know what the feeling of this scene is supposed to be, uh this song is going to tell you. Um yeah. Yeah, and it makes sense because it's uh we have that scene earlier of her where she's listening to her uh, iPod, and that's like mm-hmm. when the music makes the most sense. And then having her, like having her have a relationship with the music, uh, would have worked a lot better than just mm-hmm. having random songs while Charlize Theron kills a bunch of dudes, uh, playing like a, I don't know, a tra- so like some like trap pop song that right. wasn't really good, like. My other problem is that, like none of these songs are really good, right? Um, right. Yeah. Uh, like there's a there's a there's a good history of like in similar ish content to this. Like when you watch a CW show, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of the time the music is really good. Sometimes right. it's not, but uh, it when it when it resonates, it's like a song that you want to download after and listen to a bunch. Right, mm-hmm. none of the never when I was watching this movie, I wanted to <laughs> download right. any of these songs. It Which, all just like washed over me. It was like, all right, I guess that's yeah. that's the song that you can use there. Um, <laughs> you're allowed to, I guess. And it's it is uh, the kind of music I listen to, <laughs> which right. I, I feel like is, is, it kind of sucks. Like, if if the songs were better, I wonder if it would have been as big of a complaint. Um, but yeah, no, it just mm-hmm. it's, it just wasn't uh, there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, just uh, mm. uh <laughs> it, it was never distracting though. I'll say 
I'll say that it was yeah. never it was never like oh I'm out of the movie now because um, yeah like I was just like very into it I was like this is this is pretty sweet um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I think it's one of those things of um, you know when you haven't had this thing in your brain for a while um, and when we've only been rewatching older stuff and sort of uh taking in things that are older it's it's a uh, it's nice to get something new that feels new that feels kind of fresh um and just to have it there and not have to do anything um it was yeah. just there ready for us um you know if i if i had had to rent this movie uh i might have been a bit more critical <laughs> of some elements of it um but i think that that's just a general rule oh. i would have been angry at certain aspects of this probably um but not 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 much um i just wasn't looking for the bad things yeah no for me for me it's never a question of like renting it it's more like did i feel like i wasted my time watching this movie and i sure. never did and it, it felt like the perfect thing i watched it like on a saturday afternoon uh, made some popcorn just watched it and it was perfect it's it's just like the kind of thing i missed from theaters uh yeah that i i, I really needed i like i like this level of action movie a lot mm-hmm. uh usually and i feel like we haven't had one this good in a while yeah <laughs> yeah because they aren't they aren't coming out so. no no i mean yeah. even like what was coming out right uh, yeah um, yeah like last year, you know, like I, I not a lot of movie, not a lot of action movies reviewing as good as this one. But I feel like how much of that is this movie being good, and how much is like people just missing action blockbusters? Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I think so. And a lot of the, it's 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 weird. <laughs> it's very weird. Um. But yeah, we haven't. Had, I don't think we've had like a great action movie in a while. So. To, to be fair, um, the last one I can think of where I was really impressed is maybe the that last John Wick. Yeah. Um, so. Same. Yeah. Um, it's been a minute, so to see something competent, you know, um, and this I, I was happy because Netflix also put out in Extraction not too long ago, um, and that movie didn't quite click for me because of the characters, which is the thing that I think you sort of said at the very beginning and i i agree with like the characters really connect in this movie in a lot of places um and that and that's really the main deficit of of extraction which has a lot of the same pluses to it i would say um a lot of good actors doing very good work but like none of the characters connected for me um so i was very happy that this movie got at least enough things right for me to be like yeah i enjoyed that i didn't have a bad time with that at all um, and like you said, I didn't feel like I wasted my time. Um, so that was something. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, you want to move on to the other thing I watched recently that we've both uh, mm-hmm. watched for you. It was a few months ago. Uh, yeah. But uh, Color Out of Space uh, was recently added to Canadian Netflix. Um, mm. And it is an interesting movie. <laughs> uh, it is, it's uh, Lovecraft adaptation right mm-hmm. uh starring nick cage uh, yes it was promoted a lot on the fact that it was from the producers of mandy uh yep. it's definitely not as good as mandy i think no but <laughs> it, 
yeah, as someone, I don't know how many Spectre Visions movies you've watched, but I've actually watched a few of them, and it it's it feels like a Spectre Vision film. Um, <laughs> uh, they get a lot of very good. They do very well with casting. They always make it look good, and the story is always good enough. Um, and yeah, it it usually works or it doesn't, and it has a very specific tone and style to it. Um, and I was receptive to all of these things, <laughs> all of these aspects. Um, nothing really didn't work for me. Um, but I'm curious what you thought. I've had a, a while to sort of not forget about this movie, but sort of not think about it as much. So I'm curious what your general um were. I did, I did enjoy it. Uh, I f- felt, honestly, it was an okay horror movie. Uh, mm-hmm. It was a good time. It's like, I, I like what it does. It has like some weird stuff. And that's what kept me entertained. Because mm-hmm. I feel like um, the movie starts and you're a lot in these characters, but uh, they all, they feel completely, like they all kind of miss the mark a bit. They all feel like almost characters. <laughs> uh, there's a young girl that's like into witchcraft and she's like uh she, she i feel like is is supposed to be like the cool one that you relate to immediately but you don't really uh it, she, <laughs> it's like it's they're, they're all like almost characters and that's what kind of uh, right made the yeah. was a failure of the movie for me is that when they changed because of what's going on mm-hmm. uh, uh one i didn't care for them that much and two it's like it's it they become weirder but they were always already like kind of weird mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh so yeah you, yeah yeah so just to describe the movie quickly it's like a lovecraft adaptation a family living in the woods uh more or less that moved to a farm and mm-hmm. like uh basically a meteorite lands and it's uh, a living horror that kind of takes over their whole farm um, mm-hmm. and weird stuff happens. Uh, <laughs> so just to give a description to, so that people get what we're talking about. Uh, so yeah. like the, the things that I really liked is how the, how, the world was being influenced. Think was things were changing, but um, the characters themselves just didn't land for me. Um, unfortunately, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I can see that. Um, I feel like they place a lot of weight on the Elliot Knight. That's the name of the actor uh, character. The the uh, is he a land surveyor or a water? I can't remember which one. One of the two. Uh, he's either dealing with he's either a water specialist or a land surveyor, um, and he's he's kind of the point of view character. And I think we get the most development of him as a person. Um, it's either him or it's Nick Cage in terms of like how deep we get into them as people. Um, and I, I, I definitely agree. It could be a little bit more fle- fleshed out for all the other characters um, because they are kind of not stereotypes or archetypes even. Um, they're more well thought out than that, but they are 
they are a little bit hollow. Um, but, but even Nick Cage, uh, his character, his character is interesting because you're watching Nick Cage get to mm-hmm. do like a really off the wall performance. That's pretty good. That's like mm-hmm. solid Nick Cage. It's never like unbelievable uh, for what's going on. Right. But he's yeah. uh, but his character is even more hollow than the daughter. I feel like it, like that whole family. You get not, even um, the 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 uh, Elliot Knight. Uh, mm-hmm. He feels like an, an empty slate. Like he's just like the audience mm-hmm. circuit, more or less. <laughs> I, I like that what they do with him sometimes. Like he's a hydrologist, but they ask him like other random scientific questions because he's the only one with scientific background. Right, like all movies, but... <laughs> but but they kind of play with like, that, from my memory. Um, yeah, like, they play with that really well. I think that's like, uh, like some fun stuff. Um, I think uh, a part I really liked is like, they have this groundskeeper uh, that's a, a, a conspiracy theorist Right, obsessed person living in a tiny cabin in the woods that right. has there's, a cat there's named water that yeah. they just let it stay. Um, he has a cat named G Spot. It's 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 like th- those parts I really like. The thing that's are are on the edge, and that's a uh, the movie like the movie gets to fuck with an already weird character, and he's right. the one that kind of gets what's going on, but. It's, it's tropey, but it's it works. Um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's it's an interesting film. Uh, when it goes completely over the wall, then I'm just like all in. It's fun to watch, like Nick Cage go uh, give like a, a, a back and forth performance, changing completely in in mm-hmm. vibe, um, and you get to see some truly horrifying things. Yes, <laughs> visually. Um, yeah, there's some there's some very strong visuals that I won't spoil for anybody because <laughs> I think they need to be experienced firsthand. Um, a lot uh, of it. Um, have you played the video game Inside? Uh, no, no, I haven't. Um, okay, uh, <laughs> there is some similar stuff going on in that game. Uh, oh, that that uh, you should probably play it. It's worth playing. <laughs> it's really oh, good. Like okay. it's like a two D platformer like um inspired oh. by like german expressionism uh, oh <laughs> and that, that that's like all that goes really weird uh body hurry places <laughs> uh i feel like you'd enjoy it <laughs> yeah that sounds like my kind of thing that sounds that sounds like it's for me um <laughs> I'll definitely look into that if I can find it somewhere. I think it's on um, Game Pass uh, as well. So, <laughs> oh well, time to restart my Game Pass. Um, <laughs> um but yeah, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting movie. I would say. Um, I don't know. Uh, Colorado Space. I think it's available on one of the streaming services here. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, I definitely suggest people watch it. And if, if any of you out there know anything about Richard Stanley, the director, there's sort of that part of the story also. His whole behind-the-scenes stuff and him getting kicked off of uh, Dr. Monroe like 30 years ago now or something. Um, so there's all that stuff. So for me, it was like 
just the fact that he was directing another movie <laughs> and it was like competent um that was a, that was a lot for me um and it was also interesting knowing that they intended to do other lovecraft stuff um that this is their sort of the general tone of what i assume the later movies would be like um i was very i was very into that um because also lovecraft is a a, a fraught individual <laughs> yeah um so it's a it's good to see a, a take that feels very modern and feels like it knows what what people are going to say about lovecraft before it even comes out um so that was nice um yeah 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 it 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 it, it does like uh yeah it 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 does feel very modernized in a way mm-hmm. it, it's it's worth watching if you're into um lovecrafty things i'd say mm-hmm. uh, and some canadian if you're in canada it's on canadian netflix uh, if you have a vpn it's on canadian netflix <laughs> right <laughs> i think a lot of people are investing in vpns over the last couple of months so that might not be so hard yeah um <laughs> anything you've watched recently you want to talk about uh yeah i think i have a couple of things i can i can bring up um there was that there's the new dave franco movie that he directed um called the rental um i i i guess it's getting sort of mixed reviews people are not sure how they feel about it at least that's what i'm hearing um it's it's a fairly good like not really a horror movie um sort of a slasher thriller movie um with a really good cast it's dan stevens allison brie um and then the two uh two lesser leads in terms of like name but they're also very good in the movie um and dave franco kills it (laughs) um i'm glad uh uh we have at least one franco now um he's allowed to to stay as far as i'm concerned um the other one i don't i don't care i don't i don't uh he can he can go away forever but uh this movie being good uh it, it shows me that dave franco has a little bit more to him um and it's a very straightforward movie so if i say anything about it um <laughs> it's not a spoiler but it's like okay well that's that's the movie um but it's it's very tense it's very well shot um good performances it's more in the psycho vein if i had to describe it uh compare it to any pre-existing thing um and yeah so if you're in the mood to do a rental um <laughs> rent the rental <laughs> Oh God! I'm every person who's talking about this movie right now. Um, but yeah, the, it's there. Um, it's an option. Do you remember when Dave Franco showed up and if Bill Street could talk, and, and oh, how that out of place that was? What, what was his character again? I can't. He was I, the I, one that was renting them the apartment. Uh, uh, right. Yes. He was making them visit it, and it felt so weird—the the weirdest moment in that movie. In yeah, that he shows up. In, 
Yeah, he shows up in like a yarmulke and like those 60s ass glasses, right? And he's just he's just there and he's just Dave Franco. Um <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> damn it, Dave Franco. Um <laughs> uh, we don't deserve him. Um <laughs> If you want if you want good Dave Franco, I'd recommend uh, the little little hours. Uh, which is a comedy uh, with him, uh, I think, Alison Brie, Aubrey Plaza, uh, playing nuns. And he's like uh, a guy that's like running away from the law and like <laughs> hides in the nunnery. And they all like, and like does shirtless uh, yard work and they all think mm -hmm. he's super hot. And the head of the nunnery is uh, John C. Riley. It's very funny. It's a really good cast. It's very good. I I uh, I recommend it. It's like a, a very st stupid comedy, but it's it's pretty good. That that sounds pretty great, actually. I I might need to check that out. I'm being reminded that he was in Six Underground, which is a movie that I saw. Um, I watched that film, and I have no memory of him in the movie. <laughs> I have no memory of what he does in the movie, what his character is, if he has a defining trait. <laughs> Wikipedia says he's one of the six underground. Oh my god. I don't remember this movie. I haven't oh. seen that movie. And I'm never you don't watch need to. You don't need to. You never need to see this movie. Well, I lie. You should look up clips. Uh, I don't know if you already have. Of the utter devastation that happens in the first, like, ten minutes of that movie, where you see people getting murdered brutally, um, because Michael Pay has gone full, um, launching a war on all mankind in that movie. He does not give a fuck. He is just killing people, innocent people on screen. Bloody, disgusting deaths that are, like... <laughs> redefining of your soul <laughs> but they're all cg and they all look really bad it's it's honestly it's it's the kind of thing that makes you realize oh he's gone insane he doesn't he, he's he's lost track of humanity and uh yeah um a lot of people like that movie and i don't understand why <laughs> anyways uh that's more that's more airtime for six underground than i ever wanted to give it um but uh <laughs> Did I tell you about watching Bloodshot? <laughs> I'm not sure if I talked about it on this show. Bloodshot. I think we did talk about it, yeah. Okay, okay yeah, we did talk about it. Other movie that's like some critics like that movie, and I don't get it. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. I've I've been watching a bunch of stuff. Uh, nothing new. Uh, mm. Other than the two movies we we mentioned, uh, I've been like kind of going to my comfort place and just like diving into the Criterion, Criterion Channel and watching old mm -hmm. stuff, because um, uh, nothing puts me in the right mood like watching a samurai movie uh, right. or something to that extent. Uh, the movie, I, the last movie I watched uh, was um, uh, Frankenheimer's Grand Prix. Uh, yeah. um, a 1966 movie uh, centered around like uh, Formula One. Um, I've always, almost always been, uh, uh, always always liked Formula One. Uh, I used to follow it like 
religiously getting up early every morning to watching each race uh, or stay oh. like at night. When in like 2004, five until like 2010, because um, uh, it was a, a, a dad thing, right? My dad liked Formula right. One, so he would get up early and watch the races together. I used to follow mm -hmm. it, and I had I was a big fan of like Fernando Alonso, who's like a very uh, fun driver to watch race and mm. since he he like he hasn't been competitive because he 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 got older of course uh, i've mm -hmm. stopped following it but i'm always down for a good like i enjoyed ford with ferrari i always i'm always down for some car racing mm -hmm. but grand prix is like a uh, historically is a movie that people say invented how they shoot car scenes uh, and the car scenes look incredible. They look like like stuff you'd see now, right? It, mm. it it looks super modern. It looks visually incredible. It's all in in like sixties Technicolor, uh, where all the colors are popping. It's beautiful. And right. the story is like you follow four drivers, um, uh, a French guy that's like uh, uh, the the best right now. Uh, mm -hmm. Racing for Ferrari, um, the uh, his his young second the second Ferrari driver who's like a young Italian like uh, uh, that will do anything that's that doesn't fear anything. He used to do like motorcycle driving. Uh, mm. There's the American that was the best before, but uh, is like too hot headed sometimes and uh, has a reputation of being kind of an asshole um that got kicked out of ferrari and then there's the um that that's racing with like the british driver the british um um uh, the, uh, the british car and mm -hmm. there's the british driver that's the, the other guy with him on the british car uh that's that used to have this brother that was the best of the best but he died in a race and he's like um yeah. He's he's chasing his brother in his brother's shadow, um, and and it's like you follow them throughout the whole season. The movie starts with an accident, uh, and like one of the drivers impaired, and the other is like uh, kind of accused, and um, and the the American driver is accused. Of course, he's chased off uh, the constructor, and then is uh, then meets. Uh, uh, Toshiro Mifune, of course, <laughs> who plays like the owner of the the new Japanese constructor that's like wants to recruit him because he has like a super fast car, but he right. doesn't have a good driver. And he's like, I build cars like you race. Uh, I just want to win. <laughs> and you get like a weird scene of Mifune telling him about like being in the war and. Uh, as a plane, uh, as a pilot uh, um, in the World War, um, and uh, shooting down like eighteen American planes, and he's like, "I just wanted to put my cards on the table." It's a very weird scene. It's a very good movie overall. Huh. Like it's it gets into like these characters, um, their relationship, uh, their relationship. There's like one that's married but hates his wife and. Uh, he meets this journalist and seduces her. There's like uh, the story of the uh, 
like the brother haunting the driver and it all like uh climaxes in that final race when they all have a chance to win uh it's incredible it's a super cool racing action movie it's an epic it's like a three hours long with the right. overture and the intermission uh but it's like it's all there it's like um ford and ferrari meet a 60s epic in the best possible way i might need to watch this because <laughs> this is a lot of this is a lot of stuff i i think i'm very into um wow it's, <laughs> this it's, looks like uh, a movie <laughs> uh jessica walter plays like a femme fatale right. Uh, it's 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 really good. It's really cool. It's like the kind of movie that was that felt perfectly with my mood, and I I feel like I'm gonna rewatch this movie a couple of few times. Right. Uh, it, it's on Criterion Channel, but I think it's leaving uh, today as of the day of recording. <laughs> oh. Unfortunately, it's like um, what I tend to do with the Criterion Channel is just like go and see what's leaving at the end of the month, mm-hmm. and this month it was this movie. Uh, this movie amongst a couple of other things but uh, uh, I just I I was like when I feel like a racing movie and the races themselves feel super cool and it it feels like someone that was that is a fan of F1 to an extent uh, was really a big fan before it's another world completely seeing like the cars then and like just even the tracks there's like a, a there's like a track when they race and and it has like this uh, the the NASCAR thing of like um, inclined walls at some points mm. and it like racing on that just looks incredible it's it's really cool highly recommend I highly recommend to you especially actually because I feel like that's one you would like. Yeah, um, that does sound, that sounds fascinating. <laughs> um, I'm definitely going to watch it somehow, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I'll get to it. I'll, I'll find it. I'll find a way. Um, because, yeah, that sounds, that sounds fascinating. Um, yeah. Um, wow. Um, I guess we got to. Do we want to go to another movie? Uh, uh, yeah, anything anything you've been watching you want to talk about? Well, since you decided to talk about a three-hour movie... Um, I'll, I'll, Let's go! <laughs> uh, I have a three-hour movie. Um, so, the other night, since it came to HBO Max, uh, I decided to watch Munich. Um, I don't know why I decided to watch Munich. It, it was one that I had been wanting to watch for a while. It's Spielberg, um, and I knew some of the general plot outline and stuff about it. Um, Three-hour Steven Spielberg movie about 60s espionage and assassination. Um, <laughs> so on the on the outset, it's a lot of my kind of stuff. Uh, fantastic cast, of course. Um, is it Eric Bana? Yeah. Uh, I want to make sure I got his name right. Yeah, Eric Mana, um, who's fantastic in this movie. Um, it's it's a it's a lot of movie. Um, I <laughs> I got to the end of it. I was like, wow, 
that that was kind of um impressive on many many levels um yeah it's one that when we do spielberg episodes which i feel like we're gonna have to do a mini series for him i feel like that's 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 destined (laughs) um because he definitely deserves it um i can't that's gonna be one that i'm i'm very interested in what you'll think because i don't know if you've seen it or not um no i haven't actually and you're making me want (laughs) yeah it's it's i just saw it's on netflix here so i could just watch it i mean if you do and we want to do a full episode about it i don't mind because there's a lot going on it's a lot of it's a lot of good performances. It's Eric Bana, Daniel Craig, Siren Hines. Mm. Um, <laughs> so you you knew you know I was very into this. Yes. Um, so like it's that, and it's it's Spielberg like going backwards in a weird way. Like it's him doing very seventies, very sixties thriller stuff with the camera. Like he's doing a lot of pinch and zooms in this movie. It felt very old school. Um, it felt like his whole idea was, I'm going to direct this movie like a director making this at the time might have. But I feel like he treats it with a lot more intention and um, more thoughtfully uh, than a director at the time might have treated it. And of course, there's all the context of him sort of addressing the moment, at least uh worldwide really but in the u.s certainly um uh the 2005 vibe was is all over the movie um and it's it's a very impressive movie to me i was kind of stunned um because for the most part i haven't had that experience with a lot of spielberg movies i i realized that i really only know him as like the fun (laughs) the fun guy who occasionally does something very serious but I had a hard time, like, getting up after watching it. I was just very, um, yeah, I, <laughs> I was affected by it uh, in ways that I don't really expect old old Stevie to do. <laughs> um, so, again, I would be very curious to see what you thought after you watched it. Because, um, yeah. So, so it's more uh, Schindler list Spielberg than it is... Um... Uh, what's the Tom Hanks movie? Oh, um... <laughs> the, the Bridge of Spies. Um, well, that's the thing. It's kind of like it's a little bit of both, okay. honestly. Um, like it's it it really is all of the things. But at the same time, <laughs> I feel like it's it it takes it, the stakes are there. It um the closest movie I can think of, and this might just be aesthetics. Like it it feels very uh, Tinker Tailor. So again. I I really enjoyed the movie. You're speaking <laughs> um, my language right now. <laughs> right. Like a lot of it felt that way. I feel like Siren Hines got his role in Tinker Taylor because of this movie. Um, like it, there's a lot of that stuff in the same way that Tinker Taylor can go back and forth between being very serious and have like a, a real point <laughs> to some of the scenes. But there are also parts of Tinker Taylor that are incredibly fun um that i enjoy greatly at least i don't know if the rest of the world didn't (laughs) um clearly they didn't um otherwise we would have 10 tinker taylor sequels um which uh 
which uh yeah that would be that would be or just john le carré adaptations R- right yes um again somebody do it please do it just just let them do another movie just let them do another movie. um uh you know and and don't make fun of me for suggesting that uh that director should do three musketeers because he should um what he shouldn't do is make a movie where he has like half the budget that he needs. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he shouldn't have the the movie taken away from him partway through yeah. and uh, uh, have to uh, do dub voice over uh, actor who had cancer. Um, the Snowman was a disaster for reasons outside of that director's control. That's all I'm saying. I haven't seen the film, but that's my understanding. Yeah. Anyways, this is a long tangent that we don't need to go down. Um, <laughs> If you haven't seen Munich and you're like, I don't know, I don't know what kind of movie that is. I don't know if it's a movie that I'm gonna like. Um, just I would suggest watching it. And again, it's three hours of Steven Spielberg, who I feel like for a time people had turned on him as a director. But I'm more and more convinced that he's one of our best directors, like period ever. <laughs> just like in all contexts. Um and yeah, uh, and I think that a lot of people talk about later Spielberg as if that's a bad thing, but like this movie I thought was fantastic, and it's late Spielberg, and it's the same year as like two other movies. Um, so yeah, um, definitely yeah. check it out. Late Spielberg is weird because there's some incredible films and mm-hmm. some uh, just okay and some bad. Right. Like it's 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 uh, but I feel like. His whole career is kind of like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thing with actually like late, 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 late Spielberg, I'll say post like 2010, is I feel like he there's he's like counting down like how many movies he'll get to make and is trying to fit as many as he can and like <laughs> yes. filming stuff super fast to go to the next one. Right. Uh, it's like if you don't watch him, he'll make another movie while your back is turned on. I mean, he'll like. <laughs> I have a movie. Um, <laughs> there, here's another one. Boom! I'm gonna make the post in three months or something like that. That's um, probably three. <laughs> something. It was something. Ready Player One. He was probably on set for like two days. <laughs> <laughs> right. And he just, he was just like, here's the movie, and people were like, oh, okay, Stephen. <laughs> He's already. Like I don't know what the BFG was after or before, but he's already halfway through whatever the next movie is. Um, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Um, it's pretty In conclusion, crazy. Stephen, make a fucking Tintin sequel, you coward. <laughs> I think that one's on Peter, though. I think that that one's actually not him. That's Peter Jackson. I don't um, care. Just both make a fucking Tintin too. I need it. I I just need it. I. <laughs> Remember when they said they were going to do like five of those? They could have, and they would have been amazing. Uh, <laughs> it's like a the franchise we would need. Instead, we get like animated wise, we get like six uh, Despicable Me movies, whatever. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> that's the that's the other universe that we were sucked into. This is when things split, so that we don't have. A Tinker Tailor, John Le Carre franchise, and a Tintin franchise. Um, both of us were robbed of things that we desperately want and need. Yeah. Um, that's that's just the reality that we exist in now. 
Um, yeah. Uh, so, anyways, uh, I think I rewatched Tintin that so. not that long ago, and it was <laughs> very good. <laughs> you know what? I I probably need to watch it again. Um, when I think of that movie, I really just think of like the technical, um, yeah. achievements that it made, but I don't really think of the movie as as a film. <laughs> um, is, and I think another one would help. Yeah. When I think about it, I think about how it's like the first part of a like a, a two, and it's like it just that, that's the only one we have. Um, it's one of the few Tintin uh, comics that's like a two-parter, and we only got part one, and that's like I'll be forever sad about that. Because um, yeah, Peter Jackson is making Mortal Engines instead. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which I liked. I liked Mortal Engines. It's uh, yeah, it, it's pretty. It's surprisingly good. I'll and say that those, about it. Those hobbits were after this, right? I think they were. Yeah, yeah. The hobbits good. were uh, in be- like uh, he did Lord of the Rings, and then he did Tintin, and then he did the Hobbits movies. So the Hobbits are the reason why we haven't yeah. gotten the Tintins. That's that's why. Yeah. So let's blame them. Let's put all our anger onto the hobbits, um, as they have, rightly deserve. You um, should have let Del Toro do the Hobbit, and <laughs> we would have had one better movie or two mm-hmm. max. Right. Yeah. I don't think Del Toro, or maybe we would have just had. It would have been the opposite. We'd have like uh, uh, six Tintin movies and just like one Hobbit that doesn't finish the story. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Maybe. I want that world. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it could be that he does the Hobbits, and then he gets to run the Universal Monsters, which uh... <laughs> 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 that's a universe I want to live in as well. Yeah. Um, uh, okay. Um, is there was there another thing that you had? Uh, uh, yeah, some things that I can go through like quickly. Uh, I watched. Um... A couple of old Kurosawa films, uh, mm. pre um, pre Rashomon Kurosawa, so uh, oh. Drunken Angel and uh, Stray Dog, um, both starring, um, of course, Toshiro Mifune, mm-hmm. and uh, I can never remember uh, his name. Uh, is it the the other actor who's in with Mifune in every uh is he the one Takashi Shimura Takashi Shimura yeah who's yeah. All, who yeah. plays like the the most experienced samurai in Seven Samurai right yes yeah um, he's also in all of these in both of these movies I've been just going through like slowly one a week going through like the Tush, the Toshiro Mifune connect uh, collection on Criterion uh some pretty great stuff. Uh, but these two stand out really uh, to me. Um, I, I've spoken about my admiration for Mifune right. in every sense, and uh, in in Drunken Angel, he plays a uh, against a gangster that uh, has tuberculosis and is dying, and uh, Takashi Shimura plays a, a, an alcoholic doctor. Um, and it's like their weird relationship, uh, Shimura wanting to like save him and he wanting to like keep his uh, power as a gangster, but like the old 
the old boss of like where he was gets out of prison and is taking over his territory as Mifune is getting more and more sick and just can't keep up. Uh, it's it's very it's it's a it's a it's like a cool noir ish uh, movie. It's pretty great. Um, and Stray Dog is um, Mifune plays a cop who loses his gun, who gets his gun stolen, and uh, becomes obsessed with trying to find it again. Uh, the gun is used in cri- in different crimes, and uh, he's basically like chasing people throughout. Um, throughout the city and the country, trying to find the gun, trying to um, just chase any leads he can find, and mm. it's it's pretty great too. It's a, it's even more of a noir, and Shimura plays like a uh, the beat cop that's like kind of used to that's like he the his mentor Mifune is like the mm. kind of the, the young recruit, um, right? Uh, and then they they. They play really well together. It's it's just a fun, it not it's like it's it's just a fun watch, right? It's like right. they're both really good. It's a very intense movie and goes to dark places. Um, it's like all in that post-war, filled with post-war right. commentary and class commentary that you get a lot in mm-hmm. uh, Kurosawa films without it ever feeling preachy. It's all like how he sees the world, and I, I think like it's. It's really good in both of those movies. Uh, they're both really worth watching. Um, the quality, of course, isn't great because it's right. restored. It's like kind of Rashomon, uh, mm-hmm. uh, but it's it, they're just like really good movies. And Mifune is in, just an incredible actor, uh, incredibly hot. Also, I'll repeat it. Uh, I posted a I posted a GIF on my Twitter. Uh, worth seeing if you want to see hot mifune <laughs> um yeah stray dog definitely sounds like something that i'm gonna check out yeah um that yeah i'm very into that um yeah i'm definitely gonna check at least one of these out at some point because stray dog is the one you want to watch stray dog yeah. is just really good that's what yeah. i figured um drunken angel does sound interesting um that plot line i feel like the creators of Red Dead 2 <laughs> stole a lot of that from the sounds of it. Um, <laughs> so that's interesting. Um, hmm. I'm, I'm, yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely going to get around to one of these because, yeah. Yeah. Post-war Japan is just interesting as a setting. So, yeah. like, yeah. Um, I'm going to keep people updated if I watch any more cool mm-hmm. movies. <laughs> Because I will probably. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, I don't really have uh, another movie that I really want to talk about. Um, so yeah, I think I, I think I'm I'm ready to shove off. If you are, um, yeah. Let's let's wrap up. Yeah. Uh, last thing, maybe quickly. I watched for the first time a Cleo Cleo de Saint Cassette Cleo from Five to Seven. Uh, and that's like the best movie I've seen all year. Like it's like just an incredible. It's a Agnes Varda movie that's set over like in real time, more or less. There's like some quick time. Mm-hmm. It's set over two hours. It's an hour and a half movie. Uh, but it's like um, uh, a, a woman 
a, a, a pop singer in Paris that's waiting for the results of her test to see if she has cancer. Um, and it's just, she's like just going through her day, mm. uh, meeting a friend. And you see her interactions with different people in her life. And it's just a very, a, a really good movie. It's, 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 uh, it's like one of those, like, oh, it's a classic for a reason, right? It's, it's mm -hmm. incredible. I'd put it on the level of like uh, the 400 blows and stuff like that. That's like of that time, one of the the French New Wave classics. Uh, and you see why you can see easily see why that movie like has so much influence on every uh, on a lot of stuff you watch after it. Right. So yeah, highly recommend that one. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, um... uh, do some plugs. Yeah. Uh, follow me on Twitter. I'm at Esayer, um, and on Instagram as well. And that's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, if you're not listening, uh, Phantom Zone podcast. Um, this will be out, and there should be a, a news hour uh, uh, that should be out also. Um, so uh, go listen. Go listen to. Actually, we did two. Um, two two of them. Uh, the la the later one is uh, very video game heavy. It's really just uh, Eric and Hunter um, <laughs> uh, for the most part. Uh, so check that out. Um, and uh, yeah, tell us, uh, listen to us, tell uh, Ubisoft to fuck off. Um, so uh, yeah, um, I just wanted to be able to say that on this show also. Fuck Ubisoft. Um, so yeah, um, yeah fuck thanks. Ubisoft. Uh, yeah. I actually have a, a weird Ubisoft story that I that feels like out of place on the show, but uh, of people that I, someone I know, work that worked there and had like a very bad oh. experience. So, <laughs> oh. uh, uh, anyway, uh, bye, bye, fuck Ubisoft. <laughs>